0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Law Talk Radio. Do you need hot new graphics? Do you need your book edited, proofread, typeset, or formatted? Then contact me, Allison Indies, CEO of Allison Edits, and that's Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, edits, E-D-I-T-S, dot com.
1: Welcome, welcome to Unfiltered Talk Radio. I'm your host, Misha Lene. Sorry about the delay. We're having some technical issues, but we are on the line. And we do have Miss TJ Hope on the line. TJ, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. I do truly apologize about that little technical difficulties. Before we get further into it, let me go ahead and introduce our special guest for tonight, Tanisha J. Hope, pinned under the name of T.J. Hope. She was born in Newark, New Jersey, but was raised and resides in South Florida with her two sons. She attended Dillard School of Arts, where she studied screenplay writing, singing, and acting. She enjoys writing lyrics, poems, and novels. Life took an unexpected turn for her during the lowest point in her life. She rediscovered her true emotion and creativity, and her deb- her debut novel was born. She has humble beginnings and lived firsthand in the pelligrious pr- poverty-stricken neighborhoods and surroundings. Despite in her re- her writing, her writing engrosses you, tugs at your heartstrings, and then inspires you. T.J.'s writing is captivating and forces your mind to reflect. Her firsthand knowledge of urban life in the hood, coupled with her amazing creativity and and storytelling ability, makes her want to follow and read. Tanisha is versatile with equal doses of street smarts and book smarts. These combinations make her perspective real, interesting, and relatable. T.J.'s anticipated debut novel, Hood Lemonade, Jamaica's Vendetta, was released on September 6, 2016. This five-star banger is now available. So make sure you guys go and cop that. Tanisha, thank you so much for being so patient with us. This is um, our second time trying to get
0: you on air.
1: So I'm glad we were able to get that done this time. How are you doing today?
0: I, I'm, doing, I'm doing great, and you're welcome, and thank you so much for having me.
1: No problem. Okay, so let's talk about your title Um, before we go ahead and get in your background. To eliminate, I, I found that so interesting. Is that a um, – was it a – Metaphor for the story That made you come up with that name
0: uh, Yes, kind of. It it was a combination Um, the, the book The main character in the book Just goes through a combination of events That are very shocking And that's going to pull at your heartstrings So I kind of look at it as bitter Things being thrown at her like lemons And the ultimate goal Is of course to make lemonade Out of lemons But at the time that I was coming up with the title You know Uh, Beyonce had the Lemonade uh, album that came out and I Mm -hmm. just thought that I was already thinking Lemonade but we need to put a spin on it and take it from the hood this is what Lemonade looks like from the hood so that's how we came up with the title Hood Lemonade
1: (laughs) okay so I was like oh that's very interesting and very catchy thank you and so um Tell us a little
0: bit about the main character, Jameika. Yes. The main character is Jameika. She's a girl from the hood that just loses her innocence way too young. Um, She witnesses a brutal rape and beating at the age of five, and this just starts to look at life through different eyes. And she takes readers along, you know, on her rollercoaster ride of family betrayal, uh, sticky situations and uh, and also heartbreak, because it is a story of her growing of age. So it starts at five, and then as the story goes on, she's growing up. Um, she has a rare, sultry singing voice, which is really her only escape from all the lemons that life is dealing her, and she's aspiring to be a singer. So she finally meets Deontay, which is that guy, and you know how you go through a lot and you say, I'm not dealing with anybody and then that guy just comes along and sleeps you off your feet. That was Deontay. And just as she thought, you know, she was finally getting her lemonade, her life is again turned upside down. And now she has to take extreme measures to save her dream and even her life. Um, the book is full of uh, sex, betrayal, revenge. And um, it's been rated a five-star novel on both Amazon and Goodreads. So I've been uh, told yeah, I heard that. that the book is. Yeah, an emotional roller coaster ride. And being that it's my debut, I'm very proud of that. You know, any author putting out something for the first time, you know, your nerves are, oh, you know, our reader's going to enjoy this. So for people for to have the response that it's had has been just the most rewarding thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've just recently put out my fourth release in October, and I'm always
1: nervous. Yeah. I'm, I'm always nervous. You're like, oh my gosh, are they going to like it or are they not going to like You're it? Right. So I, right. I totally understand that and I definitely want to congratulate you on putting out your first novel. So let's go Thank back you. to your your humble beginnings. You were born in New York but raised in Florida. Um, in New Jersey. Your, okay. And is your lifestyle of growing up, um, how did it kind of inspire you or is it like the canvas for your gritty, you know, novel?
0: Um, Both actually Um, As far as writing I think it was something that just Was natural because it was An escape from a very young Age and then when I Started writing little short stories I think I was like 10 or 11 the past out of my friends Would always come and say you wrote another story So I kind of realized that people Enjoyed my writing But also at the time um, As you stated when you introduced me I did grow up in the ghetto hood, you know, whatever you like to call it, but just poverty area where there was always things going on. And We started out in New Jersey and Newark and anyone who knows about Jersey and Newark, you know, it's a, it's a really really rough area. You know, you see a lot of things that probably kids shouldn't see and then um, I was sent to uh, Florida because you know, it's supposed to be a better environment and everything, but it was still in a poverty area so you still had the you know, shootings, the uh, uh, police silence, and all the things that go in, in the hood. And you still, I still saw things that I would, you know, that I probably shouldn't see. And also going through things with the family and moving to a whole other area with people that were my family but were strangers to me because I never knew them. So writing did become a canvas for pain. And um, my first novel was a way to create a story that people could kind of feel it. You know what I mean? I wanted it to come okay. across real genuine and for people just to more than anything see and say, you know what, I, I I felt something when I read this story. I laughed, I cried, I rooted for the characters. So yeah, an answer to your question, is it, it, it definitely is a is a release of, of pain and the past, you know? Okay.
1: And I, to, I totally understand that. What was your writing process when writing to eliminate? How did you decide that this was the story that you wanted to tell? Is it just something that you sat down and just let your pen flow? Or was it, like, something that came to you and said that this was the story that you were going to pen?
0: I I think it was more of I kind of just let my pen flow. I had an idea of, like, the beginning of the book, that I wanted to create some shocking things with a really small child um, some things that would be life-changing to them and some things that when people read it, they're going to be like, Oh my God, like what, how does she even think of this? You know what I mean? And then as I continue to write, and I'm sure you're a writer too, so you can identify with this. It's like a movie. Yeah, kind of start playing in your head and you just yeah. seeing it and you're just writing, you know? And, it, and then when you read it back, you're like, damn, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is, this is okay. And that's kind of how it developed. It did start as an idea, but then it just kind of took off, kind of developed on its own, you know? Yeah, I totally understand. I'm a very visual
1: person. So I, I literally, yes. when I'm writing my novels, if I cannot see what I'm writing, then I cannot write it. I will rewrite that sentence 10 times until I'm able yes. to see what
0: I'm actually writing. Yes, absolutely. I, I totally and I and that. I. Yes, and I can identify what you're saying because when you see it, you can describe it. You know what I mean? The red purse or the, you know what I'm saying? When you're seeing it, visually seeing it, it just makes your description more vivid. And then the readers can also see, you know, the picture that you're trying to paint, I guess I can say. I totally understand it. So
1: what is the process for you? What are... I might ask all all of the feature authors that we have on here because I have, like, a crazy strict, like, uh, writing process, things I need to have. So what is – when T.J. Hope gets to pen her novel, what are the must-have things?
0: Well, the number one must-have thing is my writer's juice, (laughs) which is my wine uh, on Friday nights and maybe vodka, you know. But uh, I like to have my writer's juice. It just, you know, relaxes me and puts me in a place where my mind can flow. And then I use Pandora a lot. Um, I like 90s music, you know, so I listen to a lot of 90s hip-hop and a lot of 90s R&B. And sometimes I set the station depending on to the scene I'm writing. You know, so if I'm writing like a sex scene, then I may have it on R. Kelly. And he just got me in the room flowing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so I kind of try to set the mood of what I'm writing, and you know, just go with it. But those are my two that I like to have: my wine and my music, and I'm good. Okay. And are you the type that you
1: can you have people in the room like me?
0: I can't have nobody in the room.
1: I don't need anybody trying
0: to talk to me. Like I need complete silence with my music. I I do, too. The only time I can kind of deal with people, because I do have um, funds and, you know, work a full-time job writing, so sometimes the time gets thin. So when I'm doing read-throughs, like when you're going back reading through and doing edits, for that I can kind of take the laptop and sit out with them and, you know, kind of read through. But as far as just plain developing the story, I'm like you. I need to be left (laughs) alone. You know, the door is locked where I am. Do not bother me, you know. That that's the way that I have
1: to do it as well. Yeah, I can't 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 do it.
0: Yeah. So um,
1: this year we have passed, surpassed we're surpassing our first quarter. Um, what do you have planned for the second quarter, for your writing career? Well,
0: any events you're going to be attending? Absolutely. Um, I'm right now just finishing up part two. Hood Lemonade started out as kind of like a standalone, but the response was really good, and people kept saying, when's part two? So I'm finishing up uh, part two uh, here, and I'm very excited, of course, about having a second book out. Um, I will be attending the Black Women's Expo, which is coming up in about two weeks in Chicago. Um, I'll be in 533 signing Hood Lemonade copies and meeting readers. And um, I'll also be in Atlanta for the um, African American Book Awards, and, again, in July for the Atlanta Kickback.
1: Oh, well, I will definitely see you at the Atlanta Kickback. I will be there awesome. myself. Yes,
0: <laughs> awesome. i love to meet you in person because you're a Tanisha, too.
1: Yes. I, <laughs> I, and every Tanisha, Tanisha that May- I meet.
0: Yes. <laughs> and yeah, also, <laughs>
1: for your list.
0: For your listeners, not to interrupt you, that are in the South Florida area, I do a monthly open mic called the Love Jones Open Mic Experience. And it's very popular. It features poets, uh, spoken word artists, hip-hop singers, musicians, and comedians. Um, So we've been blessed with it. Usually we have, like, over 100 guests show up. They have to bring in chairs, good food, good vibes. So if any of your readers are in the area... It's on the second Thursday of every month at Grand Cafe in Pembroke Pines.
1: Okay, make sure you send us that flyer. We will definitely promote that because that is definitely something good. Um, and Thank I am a, you. I'm very much of a fan of spoken word and those types of events. I wish we had some more here in L.A., but yes. unfortunately we don't have that many here. Yes.
0: And that's good. Well, have you ever done spoken word? Uh, yeah, I'm a spoken word artist and a poet. Okay, we'll definitely yeah. have to have somebody record you and, and show that off. I love to hear people do that so word. Yes, absolutely. I think
1: the art end of it is just, the art in it in
0: general is just amazing. Yes, and and that's what made me start the open mic was just my love for it. And we have a few spots here, but, you know, like you say, just not many. And when I started it, people were saying, that's really not a South Florida thing. That's more of like a D.C., Atlanta, you know. Girl, I started that open-line. People were lined out the door. So that goes to show, you know, it is definitely a market for it. Someone just has to yes. step up and say, let's Ta- do it, you know. Yes, talent, people can, no matter where you live, talent is talent.
1: Everywhere, yes. People like to hear yes. good stuff.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Okay, since you are a woman of color in the struggle, um, I know you've probably been seeing recently all of the young girls that came and missing in B C. What is your uh, take on that?
0: You know, it, it is heartbreaking, first off. You know, like every time I see it, it's just that knot in your stomach. And then it's, it's like what is going on that so many in such a short amount of time you know, I, I have said a prayer for them, and I'm just just hoping that they find them. Because to me, yeah. I, I really don't understand, like, what is going on? You know, there's all kind of theories. You know, the Get Out movie was just out, and they were talking about people of color and um, the organs, taking the organs and stuff like that. And then you have sex ring theories. You know, nobody really knows, but it's heartbreaking. It it, is really heartbreaking.
1: It is very hard. It very is. And I do believe within the whole um, sex trafficking, um, it's something that I've actually researched in because my second novel uh, I I wrote about prostitution and a young girl being brought brought into prostitution. And just investigating Mm -hmm. with the whole thing, so many young girls are manipulated um, and they prey on these women who are, you know, low class, you know, who are living in these poverty-stricken areas
0: yes. who can't really
1: pay attention to their daughters. So They got these flashy cars, and young girls are so, you know, sometimes as a young girl myself when growing up, like, you know, you're amazed by this flashy car. He got on the latest drives, right. He got on all the latest fashion. And not to yes. know that these men are really preying on these girls. Yeah. Because that's not one or two girls that's like, okay, something's going on. But you know, in double digits, that's an epidemic. Something's 14, going on. Uh,
0: definitely, and within that short amount of time, also, like yeah, you like know, come on in there. yeah.
1: And then um, I was looking when they released the names and ages and where they were from. Some of them were from like the same neighborhood, like. Nobody sees anything. Um, it's hard to believe. Like, and I understand people want to, you know, That's mind the part your business. I don't but get it. it's young girls. Yeah.
0: No, the, everybody. Yeah, when it you know comes when to children, kicking. there's no mind. Yeah, there's no mind your business when it comes to children in my book, period. You know, exactly. if you commit a crime against a child, you, there's no code of any type of, you know, silence or anything. But I I don't like I all I can keep saying is I don't understand it. I've tried to flip it over in my mind so many times, and like you say, you know, between you know we're in the twenty first century, all the cameras that's everywhere, all the people that have to live in these nobody saw nothing. Yeah, like that just, just seems. I think don't that's know. more
1: mind blowing for me is that nobody's coming forward with nothing. Nobody's seen anything, and this many girls came miss, uh, missing, and some of them in the same area, like. That's bizarre.
0: Right. Right. And it's it's scary. It's it's really scary. And especially if right now you're living in that immediate area. I mean, it's scary for the nation. But if you live in that area, could you imagine? Right. You You know, even if you're not a... Yeah. That your daughter could just be literally
1: walking home from school or with the crowd... Which is why growing up, we always had to walk in crowds. We were not allowed to go anywhere
0: alone. Yeah, we weren't either. We weren't either. And thank
1: God I come from a very, very hard family. So it wasn't even friends. We were literally all cousins.
0: Yeah. So so y'all we, had a good,
1: good crew to <laughs> walk right. with, And we were, know? anybody do something, somebody telling. It was, it was going to be told, and, and you know, and, of course, we're not as close as we were when we were younger now, but that's how we were. We all went to the same elementary school, like, different levels and different grades. And instantly, mm-hmm. when people seen us, because my grandmother worked at the school when we were younger, I mean, when she was, when my parents were and my aunts were younger, when they seen us, they mm-hmm. were like, oh, that's Mary Williams grandkids So us coming home, everybody knew who we were in a group. They knew who our grandmother was, who our parents was
0: Right. Yes.
1: And it's like and it's because people move so much now, people don't become familiarized with the neighborhoods anymore. And I told myself that once because I was like, I don't talk to my neighbors, I don't do all that. But growing up everybody in
0: my grandmother's
1: neighborhood knew each other. We knew when the whistling went on, everybody in the neighborhood knew my cousin was whistling, we had to get home.
0: That's right. And not only that, It, it was more of a united protection for children back then. Yeah. Because like you said, it was the same for me. Everybody on my grandmother's street knew everybody. And if you down the street at Ms. Ida's house acting a fool, guess what? Ms. Ida could get that butt because you shouldn't be down there acting a the fool. It was like whoever could chastise you. You know what I mean? It's just like a different now. It's, it's, it's a lot different. Even the parents don't want other people chastising their kids. And like you say, you move a lot. Me personally, I don't really know my neighbors now. You know, I say hi to one on one side, and other than that, I see them coming and going. But it's not like it used to be, you know. Right. Yeah, it's changed. And
1: and and I hopefully for that community, um, I hope those girls are returned, and I hope they they take a oh. look at this. We have to we have to be responsible for every you know another person's child too, because it's like a village.
0: That's right. That that's the exact gotta, point I was trying to make. Yes. Yeah. And
1: it's not like being nosy or trying to control that kid, but just at least watch it. You know what? I've seen her leave on such and such time this way. She was just by herself. She was talking to so-and-so. This, it, it doesn't hurt to just, you know,
0: because then epidemics mm-hmm. like this don't happen. 14 girls, that's that's crazy. That's, I know. I, I, I'm going to have trouble still wrapping my mind around it. I'm telling you. And then you have to think, you know, you don't want to, but you think, where are they? What are they going through right now? Or yeah. are they still alive? Or, you know, all those thoughts go through your head. It's, it's, it's exactly. bad. Exactly. And it
1: it instantly reminds me, here in Los Angeles, we had the Grim Sleeper. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the live crime movie special or anything. Um, he had started back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he targeted women who were, like, on drugs and prostitution so a lot of you know, for the years it started to add up. They just thought she got killed by prostitution. She got killed because she's was under somebody's right, drugs. Somebody drug. Right. Yes, and it took it took one person who didn't who didn't die and somebody else's sister to really really kind of crack down and find this person and to come and to find out this man was a mechanic for the police station and was raping mm. it was raped over twenty women. When they came to this oh man's goodness. house, he had hundreds of pictures of women.
0: Oh, Some and then you think, what kind so of young. mind is that? You know, like what goes through somebody's mind to do that? I, you know. And and it was bizarre. Like, and had his son
1: not been arrested before and been in the system, that man would still be out today because he worked as a mechanic for the police station. When the police came to, one of the victims was a young girl on his street. He invoked himself in helping to look for this girl and do all this for her family. When the police came on his street to talk to this particular person's family, they spoke to him by Mm -hmm. name and not the whole time. This man, the car that they had described was parked in the back of his house. And this man had did this to women. And it was, crazy Mm. and I remember it unfolding they you know the news releasing these pictures because unfortunately for me when they released the Mm -hmm. pictures my mother was one of the people on the pictures so it freaked me out because you know my mom had that had been on drugs um unfortunately and I hadn't talked to her um but we located her she was fine she doesn't remember having an encounter with him and unfortunately um because of my mom's mind state and she always carried a weapon. Um, she doesn't think he actually did anything to her, but she doesn't remember having an encounter with him, which freaks her yeah. out because she doesn't remember him at all. And to release all these pictures and just people, family who girls who had just went missing and they didn't have any identification. They were just considered Jane Doe. So then these people are releasing these pictures. I think one lady came through, like she had been looking for her daughter for three years. And because she, when she oh. was murdered, she had no idea or anything on her. They didn't, they didn't look for, you know, they didn't make an announcement they found the body, nothing. She did not know until then, and then they had to go back and retrace and find out she was a Jane Doe.
0: Oh, my goodness. that That's horrible. So,
1: yeah, so, and I'm like, people, they need to, I feel like my goal has always been to empower and, you know, come in and be who I didn't have growing up. You know, my mom was on yes. drugs. My dad was an alcoholic. So I kind of was very, very sheltered to myself. So mm-hmm. writing was my outlet. So I feel like now yes. growing up, I feel like we have to be, you know, those women to come back in these young girls' lives who moms are not there, who are just scared. Some people are just terrified of their mother so they don't go to them.
0: Right. Because
1: right. that's the only way we're going to stop, you know, these manipulators from getting our young girls.
0: Right. And I got have somebody you're to right. to. They do, and I think also they have to, what's the right way to say it? They have to love themselves and have a certain type of self-esteem too because I think that's a part of what makes our young women vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like speaking for myself because I know I'm not alone in this. With me growing up, I didn't have a dad in the home, so I just had mom. So my mom, we did her best. She was mom and dad, but it's nothing like having the love of a man in your household. So I was lacking that. I never really had a man around to say, you're beautiful, you're smart. You know what I mean? I love you. So when I got to a certain age and a man would tell me I'm beautiful and he loves me, oh, my gosh, I'm beautiful. He loves me. I never heard this. This is wonderful. I want him. I love him. And maybe I was vulnerable and got into situations that, I would not have gotten into if when he would have said to me, you're beautiful, and I love you, and I'd have been like, okay, I know, what else? What else you got? You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. just like a level of self-esteem within us, and it could be from the people that's over us, not fully protecting us, or maybe just having a parent that's so busy trying to do everything that the time with you ends up thin, and you don't get you know, what you need from that parent without them even meaning to. They're trying to do the best they can, but life just has them, their time spread thin. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think you're right. If you have someone else that when that parent isn't there that you can go to and talk to when you have issues or when you're not feeling beautiful, to me that's the main thing with young girls because we see these images on TV. This is beauty. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. if a young girl is looking at what is beauty and it doesn't fit how she looks, then I'm not beautiful. This is what the world thinks is beautiful, and that doesn't reflect me. And I think us as black women see that a lot, especially curvy black women. You know what I mean? A lot of times the images on TV don't match us. And we have to know that we're beautiful, too. We have to know that. You know, that's part of developing and also being healthy mentally. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know me here. personally. It took me. A... Go ahead. No, no, I totally
1: understand. You can finish. Uh, it, 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 it definitely feels because even though my dad was there, he really wasn't there. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. understand what you're saying. Um, I think I was more of the rebellious one. Had I had a better mm-hmm. relationship with my father growing up, um, and him fully being there, like my dad, I knew mm-hmm. who my dad was. He told me he loved me. But I never really kind of had the "you're beautiful" type thing. Um, when I mm-hmm. got a certain age, I started to gain instead of a certain weight. And my dad didn't realize how it bothered me. He be like, "You need to lose some weight." Where well, how did you just get big so fast? Like, and he didn't, and you know, he didn't understand. it. Right. half of the time he was pissy drunk. And right. you know, and as you replay that, and like you just said that, like those type of things affect a girl growing up because then when she gets it into girl and this man. Gets in
0: there
1: It's it's a different thing
0: Right Right So how do you I think that's something that we all face With the new generation You know how do you Kind of change their thinking and empower them And let them know You know you're beautiful Just the way you are you know mm-hmm.
1: And that's definitely my and, goal and my mission Yes It's to just remind young girls, no matter, you know, we were all born unique. We were all born different. We all have our own uniqueness to us that does make us less beautiful than the next person. And what, you know, we see on TV and they idolize, yeah, that's beauty, but that's their beauty. That's not your beauty. And just because you don't have that doesn't mean you're less beautiful.
0: That's it, yes. That's it. Uh, So that's that's
1: definitely things I'm, I'm interested in doing and going back and reaching back into the community of the young girls just to, you know, tell them my story and how I dealt with self-esteem and, you know, it, it starts with self and look in the mirror and say I'm beautiful every day and believing yes. that you're beautiful and that's nothing that anybody else can say to determine
0: or get deter you from that. Right. And, so, you that's, know, someday, that's of my That and I think that's awesome. Sister, I really, I really do. You know, sometimes you kind of fall into a situation or a role. Um, I'm not gonna say mistakenly, but sometimes you don't mean to fall into a role, but it kind of happens, and mm-hmm. that's what kind of happens similar to what you were just saying with me, with the um, open mic. I'm 39 years old. <laughs> I'll be 40. I love when people say you yeah, don't look it. Yeah, you know, but. <laughs> I've had a little more life experience than a lot of the people that come to the open mic, and I have a lot of, like, 20-somethings that attend the open mic, you know? And I always, the whole premise of my open mic is, like, love. When you come in there, you feel it, like the vibe of love. When people get up there and perform, the audience show them love. So people keep coming because love is a tangible feeling, not just a word. You know what I'm saying? But the point that I'm trying to make is that through that, I've got a connection with a lot of young women that aren't young girls anymore, but they're young women. Some of them, like, just coming out of college, out of um, high school and college. Some of them just starting families. And kind of adopted, like, a mentorship without meaning to. You know what I mean? But luckily, uh-huh. people, you know, call and just say, you know, TJ, I was thinking about you. I want to ask you about this and that. And it gives a good feeling. And if you ever go through my Facebook, all you'll see all day is me just telling other sisters, you're beautiful and just empowering other sisters. And it's amazing how it manifests itself. So people will come and tell you, you know, thank you. Thank you for making me feel this way or for looking at this differently, you know. So I totally understand. And it's more, it's rewarding. It's very rewarding for somebody to tell you that you made a change in their life and for you to actually see that you did it, you know? So I, right. I really think that's awesome, sister, what you're doing. I really, really do.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And and I um, think it's pretty yeah. awesome what you're doing, just being your, you know, your unique self and, and going up there and speak from the heart. You are attracting yeah. that, that type of energy. That means you have that positive energy just reeking from you and people can seek that. They can feel that.
0: Amen. That's a blessing.
1: Right, so I want to commend mm-hmm. you on that because you're not even, you Thank know, you're intentionally you. just to go up there and speak your heart. Yet your energy yes. is telling these young women, like, you know, she's she's a mentor. She's a she's a woman who's been through things. You know, age and wisdom. So that's right. definitely a thing because it's always rewarding to just kind of basically spiritually find somebody
0: off based yes. off their positive energy and, and feedback. Right, and then especially somebody who's been through some things. So when I'm talking to them, I'm not telling them, like, you know, what I think. I'm telling them, like, girl, listen, you know, I've been through some real stuff. This is what I know. You know what I mean? And when I talk, it comes from the heart because it's real feelings. And I think that, you know, I just love to see people accepting it and, you know, it working. You know, I don't know how to explain it because I never meant to really fall into that role, but it kind of just happens, you know? That that's awesome. That's really, really good. So yeah.
1: one here, we'll take it back. We got real deep. <laughs> so we'll take yes. it back a little <laughs> bit to the book. Let's do, okay. um, we like to do an unfiltered talk, three do's, three don'ts. So three things you want to give to an inspired entrepreneur or author, writer, um, and three don'ts that you have encountered or um, with your process in going and being a self-published, a published author, because you're published under Daphne Publications, correct?
0: Under Delphine, yes, I am.
1: It's oh definitely. Um and let's give a shout out yes. to Samika
0: Newhouse. She is Tamika Newhouse, she is awesome. She's awesome. Um, I think the first for someone aspiring to be an author, I think the first thing is to write, write, write. Um, think that the more you write, the better you become at it and that it's not a myth. Read, read, read and write, write, write. That's, those are gonna be the two that's gonna develop your craft the most. Um, I think the second thing I could say is that, you know, everything isn't an easy road. I didn't just submit to Delphine and get a publisher and become a published author. It was a road. You know, I submitted to many, many publishers. And I think of a piece of advice that my mom gave me that always stuck with me. She said, look, if you're riding on a highway on the way to a very important destination and one of your tires blow out, you're not going to just say, oh, you know what, my tire blew out, I can't make it. She say you're going to try to fix that tire, put your thumb out, call Troy, whatever you got to do to get that tire fixed or move on to your destination. So it's the same thing in life. If you want something really bad, no matter what throws you off of that road, fix it and keep going towards your destination. And if you keep going, 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 you have to reach that destination eventually because you're not right. getting up on getting there. So I think that that's a big piece of advice, too. You know, a lot of us hear a whole lot of no's before we hear that yes. So don't feel like your talent is lacking or you're not built for it, especially if you love it. Just say, okay, that's one more no, so guess what? My yes is going to come, you know? Right. Um, And I I think the third thing is to surround yourself with positive energy. Everybody cannot be in a bus along the road to your dreams, or on a boat, I should say, to your dreams, because some people put holes in the boat and just sink the whole boat. You know what I'm saying? So you want to surround yourself with people that are like-minded, that are trying to get further in life themselves, that understand you when you're down and up, because life is with ups and downs. You're not going to be up all the time. If it's a person that every time you call them, they expect you to be up and they can never be around when you're down, then... You know, you just want to surround yourself with the right people. I think that that helps um, a lot. On the don'ts, don't listen to other people. Like I was just saying, negativity. I guess like I use the do for the positivity. Same thing, negativity. You know, when, when negativity breeds more negativity, and if you surround yourself with it, you'll just notice that things just keep happening bad. You're like, oh, what is going on? Everything I touch just seemed to be, yeah, it's the negative energy that's around you. If you get a lot of that negative energy from around you, then, you know, things will be better. Um, I think the second don't is to research the people that you're working with. As far as if you do end up getting a publisher and you want to move forward, you know, don't be so happy to just jump on the first thing even though you've been working at it. Kind of take your time and research, see what books they publish, how those books are doing, kind of how they work with their authors so that way you can, you know, make sure that you end up on a good team. And the last don't I would have is don't ever think you know everything. You know what I mean? Life is all about learning, you know, soaking up knowledge and trying to better yourself. And no matter how old you get, you can always get better. So never think you'd know it all when nobody can't tell you anything or teach you anything because all that does is really stunt your own growth. So those would be my three don'ts and do's. <laughs> okay.
1: And you are um, under a publisher. What made you choose um, the
0: publisher route versus the self-published route? I actually got really close to self-publishing because of what I was just saying as far as just shooting it out there, shooting it out there. And then um, – Finally, I heard from Tamika and another publisher, so it was kind of like, okay, there's two here that I can um, choose from. So I started to research between the two to see which one I would like to publish, and I kind of chose Tamika because of her, I mean, it was a few things, but what weighed on me more than the other publisher was her background story. You know, she mm-hmm. lost her mother young. She had a baby young. young and yes. with all those things against her, she still followed her dream and made something of it. So I kind of felt like, you know, just another sister with, you know, struggles that she would probably have a more family or understanding vibe with things than the other publisher would. So that was like the deciding factor that made me go ahead and choose to go on to Delphine. Okay.
1: Well congratulations on that.
0: I you wish you nothing you. but the Thank best you. in
1: your career. I um, and like Thank I said, you. You is too. definitely one to um to look out for because she's definitely came through, you know, as a author, yes. a publisher. She yes. is an award show. She does a lot of, you know, um author based events. So she's definitely somebody mm-hmm. uh, you know, her company represents and I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago, and I was like, you know what? As a self, uh, you know, self-published author, and I have my own publishing company, that's the type of things I want to do. Like, I want to let my story inspire people. But also, yes. when you put, um, I feel like with me, when I when you're going to look for a publisher, you start with their work. So if I can read, yes. book, you know, you put quality, then I can kind of trust that you're going to put my book out at a quality level as well. Yes. And that's something I've always respected about Tamika. Since discovering her, she's always been very poised, and she always puts out great work. So you know that her company—that's what they are about. So I definitely always respect that about um, Tamika.
0: Yes, thank you. I'm gonna make sure I uh, tell make sure I tell Tamika that she she is. uh, You know, I am just grateful for her for seeing the value in my work and you know wanting to represent me. Because, you know, it right. wasn't an easy role. It wasn't. So, it's, you know, I, I appreciate that.
1: And, you know, people don't believe that. They think us as authors, like, we got all this money, like, it's just easy yeah. to write a story. <laughs> you know, my it was like, well, when you gonna be finished? Um, well, maybe if you stop distracting me, um, I can get some writing done. Like people don't understand. Like when you're sitting down, you're not you're not just yourself writing. You're becoming these characters. You're living out these characters. Yes. And if yes. I'm writing a dialogue and I'm it's three people talking, I have to each become those characters. This person may be a you know arrogant jerk, while this person is very you know coy, and then this person is just yes. shy or something. You have to become all those people in in a dialogue, and people don't understand right. that. Like, that, that's not really easy, um, and it flows to us because it's a natural born gift. But it's right. like sometimes I need my peace and my quiet to go. I need to make sure this is right.
0: Right. And people don't understand. No, that. I, I hate totally when uh, I have fine. family
1: members like. So when are you gonna release another book? Uh, I do still work a full time job. <laughs> I do like okay, things. like come on, I'm working. Please believe I'm working because I, I, you know, that's this my passion. It's been my passion since I've been a 15 years old. So to live out my yes. dreams right now, like I'm doing it, I, I got it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. How long so
1: did it take you to? Man, I'm like y'all don't understand the first draft, second draft, rewrites, going yes. over and edits. Working with the editor it's 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 a process. And for a self published author, you know, we don't have nobody to submit. I'm my own team. Like I have to make sure I hire the best editor, the best graphic designer, right. try to get better right. readers who are actually better readers to actually give me an honest opinion and not just trying to get a free book. Like it and there's right. a lot that goes into it. And people don't understand yeah. that looking out
0: Out looking in. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. I had one co-worker was like, well, if you wrote four books, what are you doing here? Like,
0: um, There's a process. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like, no,
1: everybody's not, you know, uh, like these celebrities who books instantly become New York best Selling Times. Like, no. Right, right. No, because everybody's not going to run to Gilgit. A book that's really creative, they go on to run and get the celebrity because they name on there when they didn't actually wrote it. They told this story to somebody, a writer who wrote
0: it, right? And somebody else wrote it, ghost wrote it, you know. (laughs) I'm like, it takes time,
1: (laughs) so I I definitely, I I, I, think a lot of people. So how long did um, it take you to
0: pin Hood Lemonade? I Hood Lemonade collectively. I think took me about a little over a year. Okay. And and that yeah, it, I think it took me like a little over a year to write that book. Um, because you know you you write it and then you rewrite it, <laughs> and then right. you find ways that you can twist the plot in better to make it fit together. You know. And also my first, you know, I've done a lot of short stories, but this was my actual first novel. So, yeah, it took me about a little over a year to write my um, first And uh, the second one that I'm doing now, I'm about done. I'm on the last chapter, and then, you know, you got to go back through and everything. But I think this one is taking probably about six months. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But I noticed I in the urban world and you know I'm all new to this that books come out really fast. You know? Yeah, a lot
1: of people um a lot of people do produce books fast. Um I'm not one that produces books fast. Um I think mm. only in one year, which was two thousand and thirteen when I released two books in that one year. Um I'm definitely mm-hmm. trying to work on it, but um I never want a rush product. Um a lot of I discovered a lot of
0: yeah.
1: I discovered a lot of authors are writing these forty word books and they're putting them out. So of course they are, you know, throwing them out kinda quick because that's really not a novel. A
0: yeah. novel
1: is considered fifty thousand words to sixty five thousand or, or more. So or more. a lot right. of people, yes, don't understand that. So they just dropping these thirty five, forty, you know, hundred page books is and and going with the flow with that. And I think because, you know, the whole self it's easy to so it's so easy to self publish now and throw a book on right. Amazon, it's it's kinda lowered that so people can write those yeah. books quickly and just rush about to say that they have a number they have fifteen books. books. Me up. I rather have four quality written books, thick, yes. extensive character develop books than fifteen books yes. of errors, lack of development, just to say I have that many books.
0: Man, I want someone to say I read each work and I enjoyed it. Yes, 100%. I agree with that.
1: So, I, you know, I, I take my time. I've been in the game since 2012. Um, it's 2017. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm working on releasing my fifth book. But um, And I took two years off. Um, I got real, you know, disappointed and discouraged with the industry and how it was going because I came up at, from 15. So I started reading urban fiction at 14. At 15, mm-hmm. I decided this is something I wanted to do. I've always been a reader. It was like, I, I can do this. And it was my first time mm-hmm. I bought a composition book, and I attempted to write. And I wrote a short story that uh, me and three other girls that were in high school, we would share books. We wrote mm-hmm. we wrote our own own stories in a composition book and shared them with, amongst each other. And the yeah. responses I got was definitely something like, oh, I can do this. And unfortunately, I didn't do it right away, but, you know, I got mm-hmm. my first book published at 23.
0: Yeah. So at you know awesome. at
1: 28, I'm not the same person I was at 23. So my writing has changed, my mind frame has changed in development, you know. So and like I said, so you know as you get older, I'm not looking to be popular. I'm looking to live out my dream and if and find my passion within it, and let that lead me. So I'm not looking to have right. 15 to 20 books. I'm looking to have quality books. I want quality.
0: I, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, I think that our generation we want to also have that legacy to carry on. You know what I mean? Exactly. And like you say, I don't. I just hope that it doesn't like kind of get lost in the sea. You know what I mean? That it still becomes important for people to produce uh, quality work. Cause I'm a reader as well. You know, and there's nothing like a good book. You know, nothing I, like a good book. Yeah.
1: So I just think that that's a lot. And I do want to definitely get it back to the old days. I remember when we can just walk in a bookstore, you wasn't worried about, it, you know, you you see that Triple Crown Productions or you see that particular author's name and you're like, I got to go get these. There's a little bookstore mm-hmm. that has been um, in the same area since I've been 13 years old. And it's a blessing to have my books on her shelves because I went in her. I remember I couldn't wait to payday, and I would go in there and I would spend a hundred dollars every time to buy stacks of books, mm. stacks of books. So when I became yes. an author, that was the first thing everybody said. I'm not surprised you always had a book in hand, and I was so I love that. Like even today now, if a Kindle book is nine ninety nine, I'm not buying it. I would rather pay fifteen dollars and buy the paperback.
0: Right. Now, see, you like I me. I like to touch the man. Me too, right? Oh.
1: crack that paper open.
0: Yes, nothing like it. Nothing and so like when it. I, I you know, when me. I it hasn't changed with time. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, when I started to be amongst people and talk to them, and they'd be like, "Well, they books ain't in paperback." I'm like, "It ain't in paperback. What you mean?"
0: Yeah, you're but right. Because
1: they're writing these hundred-page books, it's gonna look like a, a manual instead of a
0: book in print. That's true. That's true. You're right. So, you know. You're just on one page, you know, going up and down, so you don't even realize how big the book is, you know? Exactly. So it's like I came from that old school where people was out there hustling paperbacks.
1: Terry Woods taped and stapled and manualed her first book and sold out the trunk of her car. Like, that's the type of people, I, you know, when they – I admired to – it was always a dream to go to New York because I'm like, these, all these people are from New York. They write these books. They be out there selling them. And I think the dynamic with social media has changed, you know, uh, urban literature too. Back in the day, we didn't know mm-hmm. what these people looked like. Up until, what, six or seven years ago, I didn't know what Zane looked like. i seen the name That's of the cover and I bought a book because I knew it was a quality book. But I didn't know what she looked like. That's
0: it. That's true. I didn't know whether it was a Me man either. or a
1: woman. To this right. day, I still don't know if Nori is a woman
0: or a man. Right.
1: And so I think now you got a
0: good point. You know, yeah. With social
1: media, it's given our readers so much into our life, and so much drama has unfolded within social media and urban fiction mm-hmm. that the readers have a front seat at it. They have a uh, you know a comment and a and a uh, a reaction and a thought to the drama of other authors going cutthroat and going at each other's throat and. All of that—it's now live right in front of readers' faces, and now they, you know, they pick and choose who they support. I don't—I don't support that because I that's think a crazy. reader is going to support a quality book. I don't care
0: who wrote it, regardless if it's a that's quality right. book,
1: I'm going to buy it. And I right. think that's what's messed up our our generation of authors in urban fiction is. It's too many clicks now. It's only certain readers only support this publishing company or this publishing. Company we ain't kids. We are grown. If you are want to read a quality book, no matter who wrote it.
0: It doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah. Well, I hope that that passes over like a lot of, you know, stuff does, because that, that is really damaging, <coughs> you know? It really is. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why
1: I love to go out in my city, um, and I try to do it on my off days. I haven't done it in a while. But I said, now that it's starting to heat back up, um, I go out, I pass out flyers, I go out and I have a book rack, and I sit out with a book rack on the, on the back of my car, um, and I talk to people and I sell books that way, and you discover the readers that are not on Facebook, they don't live on that, they just want to get story,
0: And right. it's,
1: it's that old school guerrilla marketing and guerrilla going out there to the community, because not everybody's on social media. And being stuck on social That's media true. means you're missing the read- some other readers out there that are not. So every um, at one point, it was me and uh, a few other authors here in California. We went out every Friday. hmm And so that's something I want to bring back to go out and, you know, just spread love to the city and, and talk to the people. Um, you discover so many people's stories. I had one lady, Um, I had did a book signing at the local Waffle, Roscoe's and Chicken, and she read the the back of my book. She bought the book. She walked off. 20 minutes later, she came back, and she was in a face full of tears she was what? Like, in a faithful of tears. That's the type oh. of reaction I want, where I can talk to my readers, and sometimes
0: I like that. Yes, absolutely. Like, I, I like to be able and to sit there and I can talk to my mouth, readers. I'm finding that opinion. word of mouth, yeah, I just want to say that, because I also do the local thing, as far as, you know, I've been here a long time, so I know a lot of people, so I go to, you know, Beauty, Salons, barbershops, we have like a A flea market here that is like a staple in the black community that's been there forever, you know. And though I have gotten so many word of mouth referrals from those type of places, that is amazing. You say they read the book and they say, No, well, such and such bought the book and I want one, and it's like a domino effect. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just. We got to get back
1: to that. And I think that's what it, that's where it is, getting back into the community and the community supporting. And I think that's that's what I am in. Mean. I love getting out talking to people, discovering new readers, having those conversations because it's easy for somebody to click your book on on you know on online, read it. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, they leave a review. Sometimes people don't know how to leave reviews. Like my auntie, she don't know how to leave a review. She can like a book right. tell other people about it, but she don't she don't leave reviews because she really doesn't know how. She's like, but I'm both right, you know. So, you know, right. you have those people. So it's good to talk to somebody out, you know, out there and just talk. And it's also the canvas for other stories when you be able to talk to people and hear their raw emotions or their story as they're sharing it with you when you're telling them about why you wrote this book and why you chose mm-hmm. the story to tell. Like, you know, I've developed stories and different things based off conversation with people just in having a day out selling books.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. That's true. And it's amazing. I was just thinking of what you were saying, like, as far as um how sometimes you hear other people's story and it spirals a story in your, in your head. I got quiet for a moment because that has happened to me quite a few times. Where somebody will tell you something and then, you know, especially if it's something that pulls at your heartstrings, you're kind of still thinking about it. And then you just start with that idea, and it develops into into something. Uh, that that is definitely a fact. Right. So,
1: and, and that I I don't know. It's just something about that that raw genetic and organic conversation that would be like, oh, you know what? I never thought about that. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, Absolutely. cool. You know. Yeah, so, um, and I'm definitely looking forward to Atlanta. It's going to be so many authors there. I'm like, yes. I attended in October, the event they had in October, and it was a lot of authors there. But this year, it looks like it's going to, like, triple in authors.
0: I'm like, yes, we are going to literally have Atlanta lit. Yeah, we are. I've heard so many other authors saying that they're going to be there. So it's, it's definitely yes, like, going to be a large event. I cannot wait. <laughs>
1: Every day I'm like, she's announcing like three or four other authors
0: going to be there. I'm like, yes. it's
1: going to be lit. Like last year, mm-hmm. had a lot of good time, they, they put on a really, really good event. Uh, so I can only imagine this year. It's in a bigger uh, facility, she said. It's. So many, so many other authors coming. Like, I'm so excited to be able to, like, put, you know, when you're friends with people on Facebook and authors, you see their work, you share their work, but to actually sit there yes. and have a conversation with them and everything. Take it with them in person. Super good. Right. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, so many people are going, like, it's going to be so fun. Especially, yeah. uh, you know, it everybody's is. coming from different walks of life and yes.
0: different yes. places. That's the so best just part. to all be. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes all be in one city, you know, all celebrating something that we all cherish, which is literature. Like it's dope. Yes,
0: absolutely. It is. <laughs> and,
1: I, and I'm and i like, I tell Monica all the time. I'm like, this is, this was like the best thing you guys could ever did as readers because yeah. they're not authors putting it on. They're just readers um, to put this on because like you guys know. <laughs> and they definitely, um they had goodie bags for us. It, it was a definitely nice event. It started on time. It was no drama, and and we really had a good yeah, time I, last see, in I'm,
0: October when we went. See, I missed it last year. I found out about it like two weeks before it was going to happen, so I made a mental note. Next year, I'm not missing. So I was already <coughs> and I thought for they that, were going to have an uh, announcement, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I thought
1: they were going to have it in October again. When I'm like, when I seen it in July, I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. I told my other <laughs> friend, I'm like, you have to go. Last year's you didn't go, be let's go. We bought our plane tickets yes. today. We was like, "Yes, we are so ready." And yeah, I was, and then I was, Atlanta I was to is the like,
0: right city. Yeah, um, you know, right? we were saying same thing. <laughs> when go we ahead. went
1: um <laughs> last time, uh I got like little flyers printed out and I put them in candy bags and tied them up. And we went out one for we got there Thursday night. We went out Friday. I went out Friday, passing them out, passing them out um, to people, uh, and you know the community. They're telling them that we were there, this event was here, because of unfortunately, like they work full time, that they can't. Atlanta is a big city; they can't get reached to everybody. So I was like, well, let we'll right. go out and pass out flyers. And now I'm thinking, like, you know, back then I didn't know it, it. I didn't know some of the authors that went. Like I know a lot of them are going now. I've had conversations with a lot of people that are going to this year's event i'm like let's get Mm -hmm. together on friday let's go out and pass our flyers let's go talk to these people in atlanta so you know get these more people the more people know about it it's better for us
0: that's right that's a good idea yes i was like damn (laughs) you send out
1: the flyers you take them with you you pass them out um and let people know you arrive you'll be surprised how many people um we had some people who were like, well, you know what? I can't make it to the event tomorrow, but I like to read. Do you have any books now? We kept our books in the yeah. bar. So they're like, well, let me purchase books now. Okay. You know, you ain't nothing right, wrong with that. Right, right. So it, it was nothing definitely a good all. trip, and I'm excited about this year's uh, trip to Atlanta and just seeing all the other amazing authors, like I said, because we, cause we yes, all share one too. type of thing, of, which is literature.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know what I am thinking? I know our time. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I don't know how much time we have left, but I know that you were just mentioning, like, black women and empowerment and that you like spoken word. So I do have a little piece. Do we have enough time for me to do we a piece, do. We do. Ha- about- we have about ten minutes left on
1: the clock, so you can go ahead. Okay.
0: All right. I, I want to do a piece for you and your listeners and um, the name of this poem It's called Highly Melanated, referring to the melanin in our skin. All right, here we go. Highly Melanated by me, T.J. Hope. I'm highly melanated, not highly medicated. The exotic herbs in my smoke keeps me slightly meditated. They say beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. Yet society keeps trying to fool us over and over. Flashing images of what is defined as beauty. Got us wearing corsets. What's next? Already enhancing the booty. When will we love our own beauty, not defined by the world? Stop telling that mahogany goddess she's pretty for a dog-skinned girl. Even our melanin sisters nicknamed Red or Yellow bone. I see them facing mad hate strictly based on skin tone. Stop it. We are one. I said I'm highly melanated, not highly medicated. The exotic herbs in my smoke keeps me slightly meditated. Queens, we color the spectrum like a melanated rainbow. Yet they try to make us think we are the less Desirable, brainwashing us, telling us we need a bigger that or smaller this. Get out my damn head! These my mother loving tits. I'm um, bitten by melanin, kissed by the sun. He's fun. My chocolate, your mahogany bronze, or maybe cashew. Whatever your hue, it looks fly on you. Mocha, chestnut, tan, Indian red. F what they said. Don't you dare hang your head. I said I'm highly melanated, not highly medicated. The exotic herbs in my smoke keeps me slightly meditated. Y'all feel me yet? Y'all starting to see past the propaganda and the lies? Because I'll be damned if they gon' going to have me thinking something wrong with these chocolate thunder thighs. But the biggest lie is ultimately where true beauty lies, see. It's nestled in the character way down deep inside. That inner you burning, bursting to be free. Yes, yeah, she's different from everyone else, but that's how you were designed to be. Now, this is only my opinion on how I see shit. And when they ask me why I think this way, I simply tell them this, see, I'm highly melanated, not highly medicated. The exotic herb in my smoke keeps me slightly meditated. All right, and that's highly melanated.
1: I definitely have to commend you on that. That was def- definitely dope. Oh, my gosh. Thank I you. I have just recorded that piece just to show, but I'm definitely going to post the link and send you the link of this um, interview so people can definitely All hear right. that. Because um, so many young right. girls need to hear that. I-, I love that. I love that.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: And before we go ahead and let you off this call, I'm um, going to get back to that writing and rewriting that you got on that Hood Lemonade 2. Yes. Go ahead and tell the readers where they can find you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You can follow me online on Facebook, author TJ Hope, on IG and Twitter. I'm author underscore TJ Hope. And then everything TJ Hope, events I have coming up, short stories, poetry, can be found on my website, which is TanishaHope.com.
1: Okay. And go ahead and tell, uh, just as a reminder, we spoke about it earlier in the call. Go ahead and tell the people what are up. what's next for you.
0: Okay, absolutely. What's next for me is right now I'm finishing up part two of Hood Lemonade, so we're anticipating a May or June release on that. In two weeks I will be in Chicago at the Black Women's Expo uh, signing copies of Hood Lemonade. Um, also I will be in Atlanta for the, Amer- the African American Book Awards in June and back in July for the... Uh, Atlanta Kickback and then also okay. just telling your local your local readers about the Love Jones open mic in South Florida
1: right you guys hear that you're in the South Florida area please stop by um, I'm definitely going to make it I'm trying to explore a lot of different cities um, so Florida yes. has always been on my list to come and visit so I definitely hope I can come out there this year or early next year and check that out because I think that's something amazing yes you hit definitely me up you're in the area Thank you. You definitely Thank have you a so, give, much. so I definitely want to compliment you on that. We wish you the best here um, at Unfiltered Talk Radio. Thank you for being a guest on our show. Um, we want to commend Thank you, you on, your, on your release. Let us know when that book does drop so that we can definitely get that promoted for you. Um,
0: yes.
1: And like I said, I just wish you the best in everything. Um, I, you have a good spirit and good vibe. I do truly hope. I can't wait to meet you in July in person. I can't wait to um, meet you as
0: well.
1: We'll definitely wish you the best. Um, with everything that you're doing, because you're amazing, and and you're you're, this is only the beginning.
0: Yes, it is. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed um, talking with you tonight.
1: No problem. Have a good night.
0: All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye. Thank you for everyone tuning in tonight to Unfiltered Talk Radio with your host, Nisha Lene. We had special guest author T.J. Hope. In talking about her hood lemonade, we touched bases on the uh, missing girls in D.C. She also spitted some dope poetry on the line. So if you guys definitely missed that, go ahead and replay this. Um, You can catch us live on Unfiltered Talk Radio every Friday. Next Friday, we'll be speaking with author Sean Chris on his um, self-published title, also his new published book that will also be with uh, TJ's publisher, um, Del, uh, Delphina Publications. So tune in next Friday to catch us with that. We want to thank our sponsors because without them we wouldn't be able to do this. So We want to give a big shout-out to DC Book Divas. We want to give it out to Allison Deese, um, author Rocky. We want to give it out to Callie Kim in her show Love from the Lockdown, Love Lines with Allison D's um d c boo diva always coming uh always holding us down to you short and thank you guys as the listeners for tuning in every Friday night with me. It's been truly amazing, and you guys have a wonderful and beautiful night.